Good morning, everyone. This is Mornings with Radio Maria. And today, live at nine o'clock on October 14th, we have Father Francis uh, Ching. Father Francis Ching. Now, he is going to be sharing with us a bit about the Companions of the Cross and a bit about Fountain of Love and Life, which is a Chinese media organization that produces weekly TV and radio programs. Father Francis, welcome to the program. Good morning, everyone. <coughs> pardon me, pardon me, pardon me. Father Francis, welcome to Cambridge. <laughs> Before we start the program, would you mind us leading us with a prayer? Sure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, Father Almighty, on this day that we celebrate the martyr and Pope, uh, St. Callistus I, who also began uh, to recognize all the martyrs and the dead in, in the early church, that we may be always recollect with where we are going, that we're going to the Lord, we're going to you, we're going to your heavenly homeland. This is our purpose, this is our focus, to bring more of our brothers and sisters to recognize the gifts of life and freedom in our eternal homeland in heaven. And give us the zeal today to be evangelizers and effective uh, company with the people that are walking with us along the way that we may be testifiers of the gospel message. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Father Francis, for joining us. So, you, you are originally from... Now, are you originally from Canada, or are you originally... Tell us about your background. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was born and raised in Hong Kong. Uh, I was born in 72. Actually, just a few days ago, I celebrated my 50th. Uh, and uh, happy birthday! Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and and when I was thirteen um, in eighty six, uh, my whole family decided to immigrate from Hong Kong to Toronto, Canada, and that's where I have been since. Uh, and uh, you know that that's kind of like the first wave of uh, among many Hong Kong exiles from from uh, you know escaping or running away from uh, potential communist takeover. Uh, and uh, we now experience a second wave, obviously. And, and so I've been kind of, you know, receiving my higher education in Canada, in Toronto, and, and I studied engineering when I was in undergrad and a master's degree. And it was during the time that I received the call to respond to uh, becoming a priest. And, and I find my way somehow getting to know the companions of the cross and and by 2005, I was ordained. All right. So I, I, I'm always interested in the the call story. I have three sons, and my seven-year-old has already told me, Mommy, I'm going to become a priest. And I ask, <laughs> well, why? Well, why? Well, why do you think this? And he said, because I do not want to get married. I don't like anything to do with sharing my toys. <laughs> and I didn't know how to say, do I say, actually, darling, as a priest, you share everything. <laughs> but, you know, I'll let him, I'll let him go with that for now. And hopefully yeah. the Lord will lead him in the right spot. So how, how did your studying engineering, did something fall? Did something blow up? What, how did it go? Uh, a number of things. Like I, I was, uh, my, my parents were, 
uh, first-generation Catholics. And so I was born into a uh, Catholic family and environment, you know, always practicing, but not too much involved in the church, let, let's just say. Uh, so I was baptized as an infant. Uh, but, you know, the, I never had a personal relationship with the Lord. And, and so it was more uh, intellectual uh, and praxis, you know, it's just uh, knowledge, uh, right belief, right behavior, but not much of a personal uh, encounter with the Lord. Uh, and that didn't really uh, register until I was in high school when I was uh, no longer in a Catholic environment uh, in school. Uh, and, and then when I went off to uh, Waterloo, uh, about an hour and a half away from Toronto to go to school, I, I was first time away from home. So I was totally outside of a Catholic environment. And I find myself very quickly uh, realized that to go to church to practice my faith, I actually have to make a choice. <laughs> I have to make a choice. Before, I never needed to make a personal, voluntary choice because everybody's doing it uh, in my family. Uh, we just go there, and then after that, we go to have dim sum. Right? Yes, so exactly. <laughs> that's my favorite part of Mass. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's the so, so it, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, that, so, so there's a social context uh, kind of shaping uh, my Christian practice and until I had to make all the decisions. And, and I made decisions of being the lazy uh, option, you know, <laughs> to stay home, you know, I'm, I'm tired, you know, sleep in. But there are a whole whack of other reasons as well. But anyway, uh, and, and, and it was during the time that I began to notice that the, 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 the other brothers and sisters, Christian brothers and sisters around me were growing in that personal encounter with the Lord. And part of me was a little bit jealous. Part of me was kind of challenged uh, and eventually brought to the point that I have to make a decision to explore, re re rediscover my faith. And, and, and it was a journey that was uh, very uh, painful at times, but also very much a, a revelation, a, a revolution, if you may. Uh, and I discovered that uh, there has been you know, a lot of Catholic brothers and sisters around me who are trying to build uh you know, a, a calf part out, and, and they were trying to form fellowship. And it's from that community that I begin to discover that the Lord is alive. He's he's living. He's he has a will for me. He has a plan, and I'm not alone in my journey. And it's out of that that I find myself that well, what about the priesthood? Uh, but there was never really a voluntary plan. You know, my my plan is to. Uh, have a wife, have a car, have children, have a good job, you know, good retirement and a big house sticking over the water, have a piano, I can play piano all day. Ooh. And uh, it's beautiful. But I didn't have a car, I didn't have a wife. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it didn't work out the way I, I, I wished. Did you learn piano though? I still do oh, uh, play, oh, but nice. not as often now with uh, my sight loss. But anyway, uh, but I play a guitar now. Oh, very nice. Yeah. And, and, and But anyway, coming back to that story is that a lot of people around me start asking me, well, have you thought about becoming a priest? Because they saw me going to Mass every morning. Uh, being a young person, I was pretty much the only one there. Uh, and, and, but also getting very involved in the church and, and with a lot of the other, other young adults, I start you know, uh, putting forth a lot of initiatives, you know, running retreats and going to pilgrimages and all that. So people, friends around me start asking, well, have you thought about exploring uh, the call? And it was like so, uh, so loud, basically, kind of like everybody's got a strangers coming up to me asking that question. 
Uh, and especially when I uh, pray the prayer, my spiritual director kind of encouraged me. So just, you know, offer to the Lord to speak to you clearly. And, and I told the Lord, so, well, you know, I'm not very good with listening. So you need to be pounding on the door and yelling at me. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, so that it would put any doubt out of my head that you want me to do this. And, and so he started working. <laughs> so he basically <laughs> called up everyone, uh, especially people I didn't know. Like there's too many stories and, and the stranger literally off the street would, would be coming up and ask me. Uh, and so much so that I said I had to respond to this because I would regret if I didn't do anything about it. Uh, and and so I started exploring, going to religious uh, communities and check, checking out the diocese and come and see and all that. So, so eventually that became so, um, uh, I just received so much consolation that I, I, I eventually asked for a sign and the sign turned up uh, at World of Day 97 in Paris. So I came back and said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take the plunge. Yes, <laughs> so, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's been great. Like since day one, when I joined the companions, it's a very, very wonderful experience. Uh, very challenging, but also very, very much uh, uh, a lot of constellations again. Yeah. Tell us a bit about the, the companions. So it's a group in Canada. And from what we can see on the website, companionscross.org. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. companions. Oh, no, your website says companionscross.org. Companions right. yeah, they that's, kept off That's the website, yes. <laughs> For, so listeners, yeah, I know you're taking notes uh, meticulously during this this program. Companionscross.org. The founder, Father Bob Bedard, said, I see the church waking up and coming explosively alive right, yeah. to the point where it, with the Holy Spirit, will shake the earth and nations with his dynamic presence. Mm -hmm. Father Francis, are you shaken? On a separate kind of uh, parallel line, if you may, you know, uh, years ago when I encountered another uh, young young man about my age coming alive, he asked me, well, what, what is the role that you see the Lord place in your heart uh, for your mission in the world? And so, wow, well, I never thought of that. So what, what is your row and he said that I'm a matchmaker you know <laughs> I, I love the Lord and I love the people so I put them together he said oh that's 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 lovely you know so I, I started praying into it we were actually at a retreat in Michigan at the time so a couple of days later I said wow I, I had my role he said what is it I'm an arsonist <laughs> right so I love to see people set on fire by the Holy Spirit and, and, and later on the Lord said you know one fire in the heart and one fire under the butt you know to get them going <laughs> Uh, so anyway, so so coming explosive to life. The, the, I mean, the, the companions of the cross was very very young in the church. We started only in 1985. More of an uh, well, never accident, but it's an incidental thing. Like Father Bob, one of his favorite last words was that the last thing the church needs is another congregation. Uh, it was oh. the last thing he wanted to do. But what happened was that uh, in the 70s, he experienced the renewal, uh, the charismatic renewal, and it totally changed his life, revolutionizing his, his vocation. So he began uh, become a very prolific speaker all over North America, uh, speaking about renewal, especially renewal on the, le on the level of the parish. And, and so in the early 80s, he got assigned a, a dying parish. Mm. And Amazingly, he started praying to the Lord, and the word came to him powerfully was that give God permission, give me permission. And not only you give me permission, but tell your parishioners to give me permission. And so he kind of resisted. He said, oh, Lord, you know, I do that. They would think I'm crazy. And the Lord said, they already knew you're crazy. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> so it's too late. So he started doing that very faithfully, and very faithfully praying every morning. That became a magnet uh, for the parish initially. There was a total renewal from nobody coming to Mass to packing and standing outside of the church within a couple of years or less. Uh, and that attracted a lot of the young enthusiasts uh, who, who some of these uh, 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 seminarians who are experiencing the scandals of the church? And we we hear about scandals in the last fifteen years, but that was happening in in, in Ottawa in, in the diocese, and 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 parishioners heard about this, and the seminarians heard about this, and seminarians are experiencing the scandals, and they were scared. Right? They they are scared for themselves during their studies. They're scared for themselves for themselves if they could be good priests after yeah. after they were ordained. So they came to Father Bob knocking on his door and said, "We need help." So we started the Friday prayer group. So the seminarians would come and they would pray together in the rectory, and then the the Holy Spirit start anointing them, speaking to them, and giving them words. And the words were, "You need to continue after you. You need to be faithful to this prayer group. Come together, pray together. Even after you're ordained, you need to be." You know, ministering together, and then you need to be living together. So all these words were coming over weeks and months, and the young people, the seminarians and the lay people, were excited about it. And Father Bob wasn't, because he said, "Well, that means we have to tell the bishop because we are starting something new." And said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, tell the bishop." You know, the young people saying, "Yeah, there's a who is going to tell him? Wow, you, you are the only priest." <laughs> so, so we went to the bishop, talked to the bishop, Bishop Plourd, uh, at the time, you know, and and and. And he was no no reaction. Father Bob thought that he's going to shoot him down. Mm. Yeah. But instead, he opened his drawer and said, well, I, I wrote this article, it's not too long ago, and I wrote about priests need to be living together, ministering together, praying together. You are my answer. Ah. So that was 1985, first Friday of May. Right? So that's our foundation day. Uh, so we were founded. We didn't even have a name. So they were just called... Bunch of guys. Father Bob's team. Father Bob's boys, they were <laughs> Father called. Father Bob's boys. Yeah, because he loved to call them boys. Hmm. Yeah, and, and, and anyway, so, uh, but about maybe a year or so, and, and on, sub, uh, on September 14th, uh, on the exaltation of the Holy Cross, uh, he, at the end of this homily, said, well, and now, therefore, we are all called to be companions of the cross. And he sat down, and then the whole congregation realized that that's our name. Yes! <laughs> so, yes, that's so, amazing! So, so it became, and and our and our main thrust really from day one was that we need to evangelize with everything that the Lord has given us. So we need to open to the true teaching, the magisterium of the church. Uh, we want to as Marian as possible, consecrate ourselves individually and collectively, and also inviting the whole church to consecrate to Mary, uh, well, through Mary to Jesus. Uh, we are definitely Eucharistic. Uh, we want to promote perpetual adoration anywhere, everywhere we we could. Um, definitely have a devotion personally uh, to a daily uh, holy hour, uh, and that we need to be open completely to uh, the gifts and the movement of the Holy Spirit, um, and 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 so that those are our pillars. And 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 Father Bob said personally was that you know like if we could find a fifth thing to become more Catholic, we we'll, we we'll add that to to the list, uh, and and so we have been doing that. Uh, I don't think we are particularly doing anything different. As uh, what we should be doing, except that you know, when we come together, we really cele- celebrate uh, the gifts uh, of being called to evangelize, and oh. and that was very attractive. I was very attractive to it because in my in my search for a place to start my uh, response to the call to the priesthood, uh, it was very difficult. I, I went to traditional and also other uh, congregations and. Um, they're not all Marian, they're not all Eucharistic, and definitely not all of them are open to the, 
uh, to, to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And and then the, some of them are pretty liberal. And, and I, I was having difficulty finding a place that I feel safe to express the fullness of Catholic faith mm. uh, in my own search uh, for, for a place to start. And and when I and that's why when I came to the companions, I was I was I feel at home. You know, this is amazing. I could talk about anything um, that I have experienced with the Lord, and and I felt safe. And and not only safe, but these people have been doing this, and they're expert in doing this. And I just like if anything, the the fire was stoked. You know, it's just kind of like wow, this is it. You know, like if I if I going to join anybody, these are the people I want to be with. And, and 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 ever since my ordination, I just I just felt that the Lord has been really blessing uh you know all the things he, he called me to especially opportunities given to me to evangelize oh man uh, yeah. let's listeners he is on fire just sitting next to me here in our studio in cambridge uh listeners if you're just tuning in uh this is radio maria and this is the mornings program and today we have father francis ching with here he is traveling around the uk on a little bit of a tour and we have the privilege of having us him here with us today cambridge you've got you've got him for this whole weekend i think he's going to be celebrating mass in sawston uh, he's going to be doing that at 5.30pm tonight. The Mass will be in Cantonese and there'll be a takeaway supper followed by a lighthearted talk with Father Francis. He'll also be uh, on Saturday for, what are we? October 15th. He'll be tomorrow, yeah. tomorrow, tomorrow. He'll be doing a Song Sunday Vigil at Our Lady of Lords in Sawston as well at 2pm. So, Father Francis, uh, you're from Hong Kong. You uh, you've gone to Canada. What's it? Is it similar now? I, you said there's a second emergence of of people leaving the country and coming yeah, over. Yeah. It, is it similar? Is it? What's that experience like? Oh, uh, very different. I would say. Well, it's different and similar. Right? It's the same kind of cultural backdrop. Uh, I think way back uh, we didn't know as much. We just kind of like a lot of people went with a bit, bit more time. Kind of like when, when I went in '86, uh, we didn't even start to talking about it. And then two years later, there's an avalanche of people. Everybody was kind of like, well, let's go out and find a, you know find uh, 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 another place for our kids. We would talk as if you know uh, it's better education elsewhere, more space and more opportunities, uh, and we may come back and a lot of them uh you know uh, in the 80s and the 90s um after the handover in 97 they did go back even even some of my family went back uh multiple times and, and my brother went back and settled in hong kong uh and so there are a lot of lot of that going on back then there was like much slower pace if you may uh but uh, more recently, in these last two years, I think there's a more of a oh, you know, we didn't realize it could be this, you know, this bad, you know, and and, and so there more. I think there was a bit of more of a desperation um, coming out uh, recently. There are a lot, a lot of people were just a lot more uh, fear uh, of people coming out, uh, and yeah, it's just there's less choice, if you may. You know, uh, so so that's going on. You know, of course, not everybody's thinking that, but there's definitely a lot of young families, uh, or people who have involved in the in in the social movement uh, in in 2019 that you know kind of 
have more of a uh, a press to to find a place outside. Yeah, so there are a lot, lots and lots of pastoral needs. Uh, some of them are not prepared to to be uh, in a non Cantonese speaking environment. Mm. Yeah, and so you're able. You're in this. <laughs> the Lord has knew knew you'd be needed for for this mission. Well, to... I, I don't know if I'm needed, but <laughs> <laughs> you are. You uh, are. You are. Uh, to be honest, you know, like uh, the the scriptural uh, reference would be. Uh, John chapter uh, chapter twenty first, you know, one of the last conversations Jesus had with Peter, uh, predicting. Well, in the scripture it says, you know, predicting the way he will die is that well, when you were young, you put out put on your own belt and go where you want, uh, <clears throat> but when you're older, you're going to stretch out your hands and someone's going to put a belt around you and take you to places where you rather not go. Um, that seems seems to be a priest too. Now, not in a bad way, right? It's like <clears throat> you would think that you know a priest, you know, kind of. Uh, you know, settle in a particular ministry and all that. But you know, my, my experience is is different. You know, my experience is that, you know, I, I plan and mostly the Lord kind of uh, tell me, haha, you know, I got a different plan for you. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I would say that, you know, I started doing this mission work, you know, uh, seven years ago in 2015, uh, coming out of ten, 10 years on and off in a parish or chaplaincy setting, uh, which looking back, there was a lot more freedom in terms of pre-planning everything and, and have more of a room to uh, to know what will happen. Uh, but since I've been doing this mission, uh, since day one, the people basically make demands on my time. And where I go, how I go, and what I do when I go there, uh, it's basically given by the people from the Lord, you know. Uh, and coming here, I, I, I kind of have a heart to come here already in, in the last two years, Uh with the pandemic and all that, knowing that getting to know a lot of people here uh, over the last two years uh, and knowing with with this latest uh, kind of migration going on, you know, so, well, you know, there are a lot of people, you know, who knows how many, at least 100, if not 200,000 Hong Kong people came here uh, in the last two years. It's pretty amazing. Uh, and I said, so, well, you know, wondering what, what happened to them because I know Hong Kong has no ability right now to send priests to, to come here on a more permanent basis to, to minister. So I said, well, I wonder if I could come over here just to meet them, right? Uh, and so I start kind of talking to a couple of people. Basically, you can say that I got myself, I invite myself in. Right? <laughs> I get them to invite me to come. But anyway, so it kind of snowballed from that. Yeah, so that's a common story. Like I, I, I in, basically in the last seven years, I traveled all over some of the major uh, Chinese centers in North America, in Canada and the States, and then I also travel to Hong Kong on a yearly basis up until 2019, uh, and then Australia and New Zealand. So those are my only spots uh, all year round. My basically. goodness. Yeah. Father uh, Francis, become a priest and travel. <laughs> That's That should be your new vocation for the for the seminary. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, so that's pretty bizarre. <laughs> but it's exciting. You know, I love meeting people. Uh, and, you know, the traveling part, the physical part is not the greatest, but being able to be with different people, understanding the situation, administering to them, you know, uh, according to whatever the Lord placed on my heart has been the most exciting thing in my life. And seeing life's change is is something that I would not trade the world for. Lovely, lovely. And now you mentioned briefly uh, uh, losing, uh, limiting your sight and having sight loss. Yes. Uh, are you, so... <laughs> 
like Peter, you are in the hands of just trusting Providence, trusting the Lord and trusting the community to really support you in your ministry. Uh, what has been what has been the blessings from that? Has it has it been fruitful having other people lead you around or? It's amazing. You know, I, I would say that Lord certainly has a sense of humor. Right, like I, I've been recently. Actually, one of the latest uh, mission I was was earlier in May in, in Vancouver. I was preaching a uh, pre-Pentecostal, and one of the things the words that that really plays on my heart that I want to share with people is that, you know, only the Lord could 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 have such a crazy plan to send out a blind man uh, all over the world to preach, uh, and not somewhere more healthy. <laughs> it's like, but it's, hard, it's it's amazing, you know, how that struck uh, would strike a chord with with people because uh, I think we live in a culture uh, in the Christian world, in in the first world, in the Western world, that uh, we have to be healthy and comfortable, mm. right, uh, for us to know that we are blessed, uh, and when and we're so super sensitized today that I need to have everything. Like our st- our baseline has been raised in such a level, it becomes unreasonable. Like you talk to young people, the new generation today, is that they are always suffering. Right? They're always suffering for nothing. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. You got yeah. everything. You got you. You don't have to worry about making an income. It's, you got twenty, thirty, something. Not anxious about getting a job, or, or they're anxious, but not they're not getting a job. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They're very select selective. Uh, and, and and there are very little little problems in their life, and yes, they're suffering. They're more anxious and depressed than any other previous generations recently, uh, and and their resourcefulness is is so crippled. Well, maybe I'm too strong on that, but you know, but but I see a lot of that going on. So in, in a way, the Lord is sending me out as a sign. I, I think you know, it's kind of started off. We say, well, I don't know if I can do this. You know, when I first started off. Uh, and I talked to other priests, and, and the funny thing came came back from all my brothers is that oh yeah, you go, you're made for this. <laughs> you are, because, you are. And, and you know why? They said because you are blind. <laughs> uh, you can go out there, you can take it, and people are going to look at you even before you speak. They're going to come to you because they are curious about a blind priest coming. That's that sounds bad, <laughs> but but being brothers, you know, we we share our hearts. One of the things we have very beautiful in our community is that every two weeks we share. Uh, you know, really from the bottom of our hearts. So, so we know each other. We can we can jab at each other uh, safely, and and so they they know that yeah, you you you're going to stand out. You know, just go there. You're going to stand out and say, oh, that, that's been going on. You know, the Lord is showing up in the hearts of the people uh, because He's using this impossible sign. You know, this is a, this is a blind priest. He's, he's somehow able to say celebrate mass. He's, he's just traveling. <laughs> uh, one of the typical questions people ask me because it it does naturally draw them. Uh, very curious, like even non like non parishioners, non Catholic, like people that helped me along the way in the airports. Uh, I, I I depend on on the personnel in the airport to take me onto the plane and off the plane and through the customs and all that. So I got to talk to a lot of unwilling part, part, part parties yeah, right? because yeah. they and they're open because they see you in need and they they open to talk. You know, I start talking to all kinds of people. And so they are naturally curious, and one of the most typical questions people would would raise, you know, first first time they saw me, is that well, did, did you travel with someone? They said, yeah, about four hundred people on the plane. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So that opens opens up, you know, a, a conversation, and it's amazing, you know, once you kind of uh, connect with them on that level, you pretty much can throw any curveballs at them, uh, and and. 
because there's a sense of belonging. Mm. Right? They can identify, wow, you're suffering, so maybe I can talk to you about my sufferings. I also think it's it, it helps you. Uh, you hear stories that, oh, if you lose one sense, your other sense is gained. And so has your hearing or has your ability to listen to <laughs> Actually, others? It's, it's funny, you Helena, you, you, just, you just raised the second most common uh, question people put There you go. Me. I'm yeah. good, you know. Yeah, and, and the answer is no. I, I think it only worked for people who are much younger when they have lost their sight. Like I could still read up until about 10 years ago. Mm. right? Now, not very great sight reading, but I read through my engineering years, my philosophy, my theology. I finished every, all my studies with you know, enough, uh, enough eyesight to be able to negotiate through the you know, de the dense books. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but... Uh, no, I, I don't think my other senses are better. Uh, I think it's it's more like uh, yeah. I'm kind of going back. I, I think from my perspective, maybe maybe you know I, I'm not picking up on that. But uh, but my experience is more like speaking to that people's hearts are more ready to open. Mm -hmm. uh, in that in that from that natural uh, already disposition to say, well, this is a guy who is in need. Uh, and and he seemed to understand suffering. It seems to be like one of the things that the Lord gave me is, is this gift of joy, oh, right? and acceptance. You know, uh, that, that it is not necessarily every time I lose more that I'm happy about it. But you know, very quickly I realize it. Well, there's nothing I can do, so I got to move on. So there's this that that grace there, that that certainty is from the Lord, right? Um, and and that speaks to people. Right? That that speaks to people. That that uh, there's opening doors, opening hearts. You know, if you may, uh, natural uh, on a natural level, and and then the supernatural will come in. Right? So, so I think that's a lot of that is going on. Uh, more of that, right? And you know, <laughs> it's it, it's it's funny because uh, in a way, I would never need to worry about remembering names. <laughs> I can always ask, you know, even even someone that I know for 30, 40 years, I say, what's your name again? <laughs> Who is this? Who is this? Who is this? Oh, beautiful. And, and people cannot be offended, so. No, no, you cannot, <laughs> listeners. Oh, so Father Francis, thank you so much for coming today. Uh, listeners, he is in town. He'll be in Sauston, our, our Lady of Lords parish at 5.30 p.m. Friday, October 14th. And he'll be pre he'll be presiding over a Cantonese mass. Uh, is Father John Min will be with you too, yes? I don't know which day. I think he's going to show up somehow. I don't think he's going to be at the Mass. No, 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 at the Mass. Okay, but, 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 Father John will be available on Saturday the 15th as you both sing some, a Sunday, Sunday vigil, and that's in Cantonese as well. Thank you, Father Francis, for blessing us here as listeners, for blessing all those uh, Cantonese uh, folks that pray in Cantonese, celebrate Mass in Cantonese, or are learning Cantonese. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Mass might be the perfect way. Could you finish our program with a prayer, please, and, and a blessing over our listeners? Certainly. Uh, one, of, one of my own personal projects, I'm, I'm going to be here until November 2nd, traveling to other cities, is to get to encounter and meet as many of the Chinese, uh, sorry, not Chinese, English uh, scenes, especially the martyrs uh, here in in. in doesn't seem to be very well known. Um, so I'm going to pray that uh, that the Lord who has raised, raised up so many 
uh, saints and martyrs in this land, uh, that for the, all those who are here and those who are coming here, that they may find a cloud of friends in heaven uh, to guide our way on our journey to the Lord, uh, that we may come to know the saints here, that we may become saints for our neighbors, that we may find great courage in the midst, uh, so that the word may be lived uh, vividly in, in this time and age that we find so much suffering and pain and darkness, that we may shine indeed, as the, God, as the scripture says, like a lamb in a dark place. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. May the Lord bless all of you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Father Francis. God Thank bless you. you and your journey and all that you support, uh, all that support you during your trip here. God bless and thank you listeners for tuning in today.